0: I got what you want, I know what you want. I you I got what you need, I know what you need. I
1: know what you need. I got what you like, I know what you like. I got what you love.
0: I am your plug. really on the plug, really on the plug, really on the
2: plug. And we are back. Back again. That's
0: right. It's another episode of the Hoop Plug. Yes, sir. And as always, rocking with you It's your main man for us in the building. And I got with me the one, the only Stir Fry Time in the building.
2: Yes, sir. How we doing, us
0: Hey man, we living, bro. We living, you know what I'm saying? I have to get the throwback. It's a special episode, first off. Let me start it off like that. About to get the throwback Warriors jersey on. Y'all see that number mm. that's that Baron Davis, you know what I'm saying? Come on, son. You know we ain't playing with him. So, you know, man, giving thanks for life every day, brother. How about you? How you doing? Man, I think speaking of throwbacks, I got my boy Jackie Robinson. Okay. You know, <clears throat> I'm hoping that we get
2: the MLB lockout fixed. You know what I'm saying? So prayers, Good man. Out, they figure four, it out.
0: 4 2, my boy. <laughs> yeah, 4 2.
2: But this is a very special podcast, as Faraz just noted, because we got with us Evan and peter from the toast in the morning podcast so big shouts out to y'all thank y'all for joining the podcast how y'all feeling today uh thank you guys love to be here so so you got the work you guys do love it
3: and since we're showing off close, i got my throwback nets right here uh hey. they're loving the trade deadline and i'm excited to talk to you guys
1: yeah thanks for having us guys i'm rocking the the band crown the empire sweatshirt as you do you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but, but yeah uh, thanks for uh, having us guys Hey, good stuff, man. Hey, it's it's really our pleasure. Sorry
0: to cut you off time, but it's really our pleasure to have you guys. Thank you for making the time, and apologies about the delay. And uh, without further ado, let's get it started.
2: Yeah, I mean, Uh, we know why we're here. NBA trade deadline has came and passed, and uh, I know it shook up things. Woj was dropping bombs, Shams was dropping bombs, but who plugs got to drop some bombs of their own? So we're here to break it down. We're going to cook on each trade that's happened. We're going to go around, share our thoughts, and say who we think won. There's no better place to start this than in Brooklyn. Y'all saw it on Peter's sweatshirt. Okay, we got to talk about what went down. Faraz, why don't you break it in? You know, We know what happened now. James Harden moving to Philly. Ben Simmons coming back with some others. Faraz, what are your thoughts on the big trade in Brooklyn?
0: Man, it's funny because, you know, it took so much time. And we finally got a Ben Simmons update. You know what I'm saying? So... Life is funny how it works, you know what I'm saying? Not even a year ago, these Brooklyn Nets, they were on the high horse. Things were perfect. Three best bros, if you may, all uniting together in BK, you know what I'm saying? In the black and white. Life looked great. Few injuries, a missed finals run by KD, keeping his foot on the line at a three point, three point shot. And here we are, man, my boy James Harden. He was tired of the drama, tired of not being, you know what I'm saying, number one. He wanted out of here. And wow. The way that he did it. He didn't cause any noise. You know what I mean? He didn't make any any big moves. But what he did was cause the biggest, the biggest trade probably of the last three years. Period. You know what I'm saying? So that's how I feel about it. You know what I mean? Ben Simmons in the BK. Man, it's, it's going to be an interesting sight to see. For sure. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Just to touch on, I haven't even gone into how they're going to play and who won that trade and all that other stuff. It's just like you kind of got to just wrap your head around everything that happened in that trade, right? So the Sixers, they gave up a lot. But if you ask me, they got a lot in return. So a lot of people, to the the naked eye, it might look like the Brooklyn Nets snuck away with the win in this one right here. But if you ask me, James Harden, Daryl Morey, and the 76ers are the true winners of the trade deadline, man. Let me explain. You've got James Harden, who we know last year when he wanted to get out of Houston, he threw on the fat suit. You know what I mean? (laughs) This year, he doesn't want to play, so he's injured. My boy Chuck said it best. He's getting traded, so you already know he's not injured anymore, and he's good to go. Man, this Joel Embiid, James Harden, one-two punch is going to be one of the craziest things we've ever seen. You know what I mean? James Harden very much has a lot to give, very much can be the best scorer in the NBA very much can be the best playmaker in the NBA. So between him and Joel Embiid, who we've finally been able to see, home, away, offense, defense, no injuries whatsoever. He's an absolute animal. Man, I think the Sixers are the ones who walked away and won this trade, man.
2: That's fair. That's fair. I'm
0: going to try to be sensitive. You know,
2: we got a a Nets fan on the podcast. Uh, (laughs) So let me just start by saying this. You can't blame James, okay? You can't blame James Harden. Kyrie had one foot in, one foot out. This is not what he signed up for, so I'm not mad at the guy. But let's let's just all take a moment to acknowledge this big three. Nets only won one more playoff series than my New York Knicks. Okay, that's all. I just have to throw <laughs> that in there. But I, I still think this was a worthwhile. Before I let Peter go, I still think this was a worthwhile thing for uh, for the Nets. You know what I'm saying? If they still had Levert. Uh, Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, they're not going to be able to pull this trade off and get Ben Simmons. They want stars. This league is run by stars. Daryl Morey was headhunting for stars. So you couldn't pl- trade four quarters for a dollar and get Ben Simmons back. So I think y'all are still in a better place today than you would have been had y'all not made this trade. Um, and okay. as far as who won this trade, I, it's going to be hard to tell. You know, time will tell. But the fans won for now, because these are two teams in the Eastern Conference in the same division. They're going to be playing each other all the time. It's going to be playoff worthy every single time. So definitely looking forward to that.
1: Okay.
3: Well, to open it up, I mean, this is probably the most balanced and star-studded trades I've seen in a while for sure. Uh, I mean, the Sixers finally got a star now on the roster. They're going from starting with, you know, Benson's not even playing for them. And let's be real, Andre Drummond hasn't done anything since he was playing for Cleveland. So now the nets are return. We're finally getting some depth. We got another spot up shooter and we're getting a backup center that we needed. Cause let's be honest, Lamarcus Oldridge is like what 36, 37, and Claxton can only play so many minutes. So giving him five, 10 minutes, whatever it is, even less off the bench, is worth it. And Ben Simmons, he's gotten a ridiculous amount of hate. But at his worst, we got a power forward with crazy court vision and an all NBA defender. At his very worst. And I think, you know, KD and Kyrie are going to be good influences and help him get it straight. At his very best now, we could have, I'm not saying he's as good. I was saying this earlier, almost like a Magic Johnson archetype. Let me stop there. I'm not saying he's going to be as good as that, but I'm saying a six foot ten point guard that can distribute and play that defense, I think could be huge for the roster. Where I'm surprised was that James Harden didn't want to run it back. I get with Kyrie being in and out and things maybe not panning out right. I mean, they were thirteen and three together. So I'm kind of surprised that they didn't want to give it one last shot and maybe reevaluate to next season. But I guess you know these guys are getting older and they want to win right now. So yeah, hope hopefully it works out for my Nets. Been waiting for a chip for. I've I've been waiting for something, some sort of winning, and for the Nets (laughs) for a while.
0: Real quick, bro. So you know. Because I was forced to make a decision, I couldn't necessarily boost up the Nets the way that I wanted to. I don't think that it's a one-side trade. I should have mentioned it's a—it's much closer, obviously. You know, the Nets very much get better. And if you ask me, it's an upgrade. Because let me tell it's going to sound crazy saying that, right? But what do the Nets need? They need someone who can facilitate, that's not going to hog the ball, that's going to play defense. And Ben Simmons does all of that in his sleep, right? What we expect from him and what we've needed from him was to shoot the ball, but now you mm. don't need to anymore. You got two of the best ten scores in the entire league, yeah. right? My whole thing is is just what we can potentially see from James Harden and Joel Embiid together. That's kind of why I went the way that I went. But in that same yeah. token, the Nets get better. You guys pick up a much needed much needed depth in the bench. You know what I mean? But uh, Evan, I don't want. I see you have a burning thought. I don't want to. I don't want you
1: to forget it. <laughs> no, I was. I was gonna i was pretty much like in agreement pretty much like they have all these they have a bunch like the nets were built around a bunch of shooters and you have kyrie who can shoot off so he can get to the basket so like they didn't so i guess they had a surplus of shooters so Mm -hmm. it's like okay we don't you know we can get rid of the guy that okay that wants out but is also really good at what he's good at shooting yeah so i think when you look at that yeah you know this you know the 76ers got like what one or two pieces but you know it, it made sense why the the trade happened, I, yeah. Like I think this is probably an extremely even trade. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the quantities difference vary between the two teams, but I, I think it's this is, and especially I'm I'm not the biggest Ben uh, Ben Simmons guy, so I kind of like scoff at it when you look I look at it at first glance. But I took you know, the <laughs> blinders off, and I'm like, you know what? It makes sense. It just makes sense.
2: Yeah, I think it definitely fits on the court. I think a big question, though, is is how does James Harden and Joel Embiid pairing fit? Obviously, we know there's two dynamic scorers, MVPs, mm-hmm. at least Joel Embiid, an MVP candidate parentally, but how does that work with Embiid not being the role type of guy? He, he especially this year, has become a point center, like where mm-hmm. he's doing a lot of the ball handling for Philly.
3: I mean... Looking going into this year, James Harden has already taken more of an assist first mentality, playing more of a point guard role and letting Kyrie take a shooting guard. And I think this pick and roll that they could run between James Harden and Joel Embiid might be one of the most lethal combinations. Letting James Harden space the floor and have Joel either pick and pop or slash the rim is going to be the scariest combination I think I'm going to be able to see right now. It's kind of getting me nervous having to face that in the playoffs. But I think with the defense we picked up, I'm feeling a little better.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think I think both of you guys alluded to it. That's really the number one question. We know who James Harden is. But what can he give you given, you know, you've been playing with a star-studded team. You've taken more of not even just a secondary role but a tertiary role, right? Uh, focused more on assist, being the assist man. And James Harden was willing to do all that to get his first chip. You know, unfortunately, like I mentioned earlier, a foot on the line is the difference between them potentially winning a championship and not making it to the finals. But with all of that being said, man, if James Harden can play up to this potential. One, we know James Harden to very much play in the flow of the game. So I can see him easily, you know, just... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just uh, regardless. I can see him easily feeding Joel Embiid. I can see you see him easily being the two-man for a majority of the game. And then when things turn up, you need some three-point scoring. You need someone to mm-hmm. stretch out the floor. James Harden can get points in bunches. You know what I mean? There's times... That season where he averaged 37, the guy would score the most quiet 40 points you'd ever see. You know what I mean? All in transition, all in threes, all at the free throw line, you know what I'm saying? So, at their best, this is a championship caliber team. We can't forget Mm -hmm. about, you know, the support, the backup that they have. The rest of their starting lineup is pretty good. They're a defensive-driven team that can also spread the floor now, you know? Mm -hmm. And, man... Joel Embiid, he's been playing out of this world. So let's see what happens. You can't forget Kevin Durant is the best player in the NBA when he's healthy. Kyrie Irving is not too far away. Uh, The team has definitely gotten deeper. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the season plays out for Mm -hmm. both these guys.
3: Yeah, for sure. And I think the most underrated W guys had was holding on to Tyrese Maxey. I think a lot of people thought if you're delivering Ben Simmons, it's going to have to come with Tyrese Maxey, especially the Nets wanting that guy to come off the bench and be a six man and especially when Kyrie's not there for him to take that starting point guard role. And it really worked out the best case for the Sixers not having to deal him, because he looks like a future star.
0: Yeah. I'm with you there.
1: Yeah. And don't forget. Joel Embiid is known for his injuries and not staying healthy. So that Mm. takes the workload off of him as well. So. Yeah,
2: that's true. I mean, I feel like James kind of wanted to leave because he was felt like he was the last star stranded, stranded on that Brooklyn Nets Island. But that shit might, (laughs) might just happen again in Philly. Hopefully not, though. Uh, we're going to see how this plays out. Like I said, I think the fans win on this one. I know y'all all – I hope y'all all saw those subliminals KD was sending uh, James away at that All-Star Game selection yeah. process on TNT. So it's going to be a rivalry. <laughs> it's already begun, and thank God we don't have to wait long to see this <laughs> matchup mm-hmm. in the playoffs.
1: Hopefully. could be I, I, two I need, months away. I need more of this in the NBA. Just exactly. more, of this pe- more of this petty drama, man. Uh, <laughs> Love
2: it.
1: It was very old school. Yeah,
2: all right. Next up, we got to talk about this one of the more under the radar moves. Okay, that's the Celtics acquiring Derek White from the Spurs for Josh Richardson, a first and two second round picks. Mm -hmm. So, what'd you guys think on that? For us, you want to kick it
0: off? I mean, especially yeah, man, sure. No, you you know what? You got it, brother. Yeah, go
3: ahead. No, no, you got it. It's all you.
0: No, 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 no. Well, you're the okay. guest. You know what I'm All saying? right, so this is where I step it. No. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect. We need someone to take charge. You know what I'm saying? <laughs>
3: yeah, but I was just going to say real quick that it seems like they're dumping even more picks than they have in the past and a little bit of depth to try and just upgrade their bench a little bit, get in their six, seven, eight mans, especially so with the trade that we're probably talking about a little bit, along with Derek White. Uh, I'm not sure how he's going to blend necessarily right away. I've never, I haven't watched too many San Antonio, too much of San Antonio basketball personally, but he's a solid player and I think their bench gets a little bit better with the pickups they made.
0: Oh yeah, I'm, I'm with you, man. Uh, I have to say, you know, given that I'm from the Virgin Islands, Tim Duncan is from the Virgin Islands, the Spurs, you know, they've always had a, a warm spot near my heart, you know what I mean? But given their recent, you know, a uh, lack of successes, if that's what you want to call it, it's been really tough to watch games down in San Antonio. Couple bright spots. You know what I mean? DeJounte Murray just got called to his first All-Star game. So that's a positive, right? But uh, Derek White, you know, he was holding it down for them all season. Again, not a big name like you mentioned before. But I think a key pickup for the Celtics off the bench... Me and Ty were talking about in an earlier podcast, the problem with the Spurs is they have a bunch of second unit guys in their starting lineup. So um, I think Derek Derek White, with some of the pressure off of him from being in the second unit, I think he'll be able to thrive over there in Boston. A lot less. I think the expectations over there are different, you know?
2: And I could see him in the second unit, but I could also see him moving Marcus Smart back over to his natural position as a two. I think that's what they brought him in for, and... If he can play enough, he's going to have to play well enough, right? He's been inconsistent, and that's part of the reason he hasn't gotten to become a household name. But Derek White is a guy that is capable of getting buckets, defending at a high level, and he fits into what Boston's trying to do. Uh, he's going to defend. He's not going to take the ball out of Tatum and Brown's hands too much, and he's just going to fit in. So uh, I think this is a good fit. I mean, it doesn't make the Celtics contenders,
1: but it does make them better. It feels like You guys really hit, pretty much hit everything on – uh for this trade. Evan, yeah, we're gonna let you go first in the next uh, one. Bro. I was uh, just yeah, about we, to I say the same it. thing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we got you, man. Yeah. We got you. We got you. Yeah, yeah. yeah all yeah. right, no, we're gonna let I... you
2: go in on your guy. We were talking a little bit before we started recording and you told me this was your guy, Chris Stapps. This was a shock of the night for me, okay. Chris Stapps Porzingis to Washington for Dinwiddie and Bertans.
1: Evan, what'd you think? Well I remember yesterday, <laughs> just looking on my phone, just just spamming on Twitter. And seeing seeing shams reported, I'm just like, wait, what? Like this this is odd. Because early in the day they traded uh Montrez Harrell, they traded uh Holiday, I forgot his name. He's just yeah, Justin Holiday. Yeah. yeah. And I was just like, okay, they're gonna sell off some pieces. Fairly quiet, fairly quiet. And even if they traded Dinwiddie, I was like, okay, they'll probably just pick up, you know, a body or something. Or even like a first or second round pick, but they got it. Not only did they trade Dinwiddie and Bertans two bloated contracts, especially that Bertans contract. That is probably one of the worst contracts in the NBA. They got it for Porzingis, who, yeah, you know, the history with the injuries and. But when he's healthy, he's a good. He's a good player. He's still a good player. I know. You know, in in the New York media. You Know it tends to <laughs> overhype its, its stars and not it's just very, immediate, it, it's the oh, immediate <laughs> end of fans for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah, we're all me and Ty are, are meth fans, so we like to overhype our players too. But, um, but you know, he's a good player, he's a good player. And I, I, I know it might be seen biased, but I, I think the Wizards do win this trade not just because they, they get the better player, but they got two bad contracts off their hands and a second round pick, it's whatever. But... It's a nice little sweetener, in my opinion. You know what, man? I don't think you're so crazy. I'm with you. I'll
0: tell you what, man. For I think if they gave up somebody other than Spencer Dinwiddie, I would say this is a, a steal of a deal for the Wizards. You know what I mean? But in the same token, I think even with Dinwiddie, all things considered, you compare the two rosters. I think the important thing to look at here is that the Wizards get better. And I know, I know. My boy Tyler would love to put this man on. Crucify him at the stake. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. With all that being said, my boy Chris Stapps, on his worst day, is a seven-footer who could rebound. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? On his best day, he's a dynamic two-way player who makes an impact in the game. Unfortunately, we haven't seen that. With all that being said, the Dallas Mavericks get another point guard in a f- very flooded backcourt. Uh, although Spencer Dinwiddie's going to get some, some minutes over some of those guys that they already got there. Um, I mean, you got Luka at the one. You know what I mean? You don't need Spencer Dinwiddie with all due respect. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I think the Washington Wizards win that trade. They already have pieces to build with. Bradley Beal is enough to start a franchise. So I think the Wizards win that trade for sure. Mm
3: -hmm. Yeah, I completely agree. I think the Wizards are the sole winners in this trade. I mean, I love Spencer Dinwiddie. Love them on my nets. Obviously, it didn't make sense with the contract that he wanted, but I love them. Hold them near and dear to my heart. And watching him for the Wizards, he had a little bit of a down year and didn't look like the best fit for him. Uh, the way he was playing there and the, the, uh, the vision that they had going forward just didn't make sense for Spencer and it made sense to trade him. But honestly, the Mavericks going to get him, like you said, makes zero sense to me. Playing with Luke and playing with that in that backcourt, he's going to be even more invisible for you. And, you know, Kristaps comes out even the biggest winner from this because he gets out of Dallas. They weren't using him right. I guess he doesn't stay healthy, but they him having him sit, stand in the corner and, you know, shoot a couple threes a game and pulling him away from the paint was almost criminal. So I really hope to see him succeed for Washington.
2: Uh, I disagree on that last point. I don't hope he succeeds, but I, <laughs> I agree with everything else you said. Um when I first saw this trade, I mean, I was I was refreshing like Evan over there. And uh, when I saw that, my first thought was like, I remember Mark Cuban saying he thought he had the modern day Jason Kidd and Dirk with Luca and Chris Dapps. Maybe he woke up. I don't know. <laughs> well, obviously, this is a change of course from that because uh, they just shipped out Chris Stapps and, you know, puzzling. I'm with you guys. It's puzzling. Why? Um, I know they wanted a third ball handed ball handler. Um, and that's that that that's that is Spencer Dinwiddie, but I don't know. It just doesn't seem like the type of move that makes you guys that much better in the short term. And they took a lot of money on in the back end, so I, I don't really get it. But um, I'm gonna agree with you guys. Wizards win this one just on upside alone.
1: Yeah, and like uh, a, a quick side note, like I for, I forgot where I heard this, but it's like the Mavericks should be like that next level, like near where the Suns are. Like they should they should not be. They should be fighting for one the number one two three not six seven eight in in the in the western conference they should be going out to find the best like maybe not the ben simmons but like that esque player like even like a cj mccollum like add someone like that uh, like for yeah to to add to their roster so like yeah this is like it's just really mind-boggling that they kind of like went the other way it was really really weird as well just looking from that from that viewpoint, too, from the Mavs,
3: like it almost looked like they were clearing cap space to buy in the offseason. It was weird.
1: Sure. we have, but they had obtained a bunch of bad contracts. But you know, what do I know? I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I'm here in my house, just, you know. Uh, no, I'm I was not,
2: thinking the same thing. We're on the same so, page there. Yeah. Definitely a head scratcher. All right, next up, we got the Karis LeVert trade moving to the Cavs for Rubio, a first and two seconds similar package but karis levert going to the Cavs. he already made his debut uh why don't we start with peter this time what do you think of this
3: well this is another guy another former net i love karis he was probably the most i was the most heartbroken to lose him because he's a dynamic scorer people forget that year he had that gruesome injury he was a borderline all-star that year and the Cavs they had the defense unlocked they have another former net jared allen evan mobley could be rookie of the year definitely defensive rookie uh, he, I mean, they just need another guy that can put the ball in the hoop, and Carisleverts definitely bringing that for you. So, this is a great move for the Cavs. It's
0: to a touch base. So, yes, I'm with you. Um, we're definitely in agreement, but I'm like conflicted here because I think Ricky Rubio gave them something that they needed. Something they haven't had in a while, which is veteran point guard experience. Someone to work with Darius Garland. I mean, you know, Rubio's first season with the Cavs. And again, I'm not giving him all the credit, you know. But he's been playing a good enough role. They make the playoffs. Garland gets his first all-star nod. You know what I mean? So the way that I look at it is I think the Pacers just wanted to get Karis Levert off so that they could like either one, like you mentioned, clear some cap space, get something in return for Mm -hmm. him because his contract renewal is coming up soon. If it's not this year, it's in the next year or so um so all that being said man I, I think it was a good move for the Cavs. but at the same time i'm conflicted because i feel with ricky rubio they really had something yeah. going so it's like why ruin a good thing but in the same token ricky, ricky rubio's you guys know he's limited he's very he's much older than caris Levert, and he has caris Levert's ceiling is much higher so i mean you know, all in all i think the no go ahead
3: no, I was just going to say off that one point, real quick, that at least they brought in Rajan Rondo in the beginning of the of the month, right, right around early January. So yep. at least you still have a little bit of Vendor experience. So otherwise, I'd completely agree. For sure,
0: for sure. So yeah, I mean, same same sentiments for the most part, but I think that uh, I think the Cavs win this trade in the long run for sure.
1: Evan, thoughts? Yeah, I probably, I probably see, I probably say the Cavs did get the better of the deal. Because you know, Karras is a, I think as a, a very underrated scorer in this league. I think he's a very good player. Um, and even okay, yeah, Ricky Ricky Rubio, you know, he's he's a good player, but you know, you know what you're getting out of him. And even, you know, I'm looking at NBA.com like the first round pick that was traded is lottery protected. So you know, mm-hmm. it could go either way there. Um, but I would say the I, I probably say the Cavs got got the the better end of the deal. Because, you know, they got a good score and they added another dynamic score. Obviously, when I look at, like, the draft picks, I'm like, you know, I'm kind of like Sam Hinkie sometimes. I'm like, oh, yes, <laughs> give me some more of that. But <laughs> um, but obviously the Cavs got the better on the deal. But I, underst- I understand the- why the Pacers uh, let go of Karis.
2: Yeah, I th- you would think that they could have gotten more back for Levert. At least that's what I would have thought. But um, definitely a win for the Cavs. Uh, we saw him come out and play well in game one for the land. Looks like a fit. An older guy that can fill it up for Cleveland. I like the I like the mix of uh, young guys and, and vets they got. And that off-the-bench pick-and-roll partnership that's going to be Kevin Love and Karis Levert is going to be special. So, yeah, like I said, definitely a dub for the Cavs in my mind. All right. Next up. The Halliburton trade, this one sent shockwaves around the association, so it was Demonsis, Sabonis, Jeremy Lamb, Justin Holiday, second-round pick for Tyrese Hurt, Halliburton, Buddy Hield, and Tristan Thompson. For us, we'll kick it off with you. What would you think of this Halliburton for Sabonis trade?
0: You know, I think it's funny, right, because we were actually alluding to it in the previous episode. So it's a bonus with someone that you thought was going to get traded. I figure, you know, maybe, maybe not. But in the same token, given contracts and all that stuff, it made it made sense. Now on the opposite end, we actually thought Ben Simmons was going to be on the opposite end of this trade as opposed to DeMontis Sabonis. We thought Sacramento was going to be the place. Then Brooklyn came out of left field. James Harden was sad. And man, life is good for everybody. <laughs> but with all that being said, you properly predicted the package that the Kings were going to give away between Tyrese, Buddy, and you know whoever else that they got in that trade. Um, I think this is finally some positive news from the Sacramento Kings. They're aggressive in the trade deadline. They see that these young... P- you don't think so? I see that they're young pieces. I they just traded away their best player, <laughs> in Tyrese Halliburton. I'm with you, but in the same token, I don't know. It shows that they're trying to win some games. It shows that they're trying to actually do something. You know what I mean? In the past, all they've done are draft horribly and you know lose games. So I mean, listen, they get an All Star. You're getting an All Star, right? That's true. For Buddy Hield, who hasn't played well in I don't know how many years. Sure. Tyrese Halliburton, he was, you know, one of the top choices for Rookie of the Year. A lot of promise, a lot of potential. But in the same token, you know, the Sacramento Kings need to do something to change the face of this franchise. Waiting on young guys to then continue losing games, wasting their prime, and then eventually getting rid of them like they did my boy DeMarcus Cousin. Screw it. We're changing it up. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think think that this was a a good move on their end. Just, Just to be able to say we're moving forward as an organization,
3: yeah. you know? And I also think there was a little bit of fear that they could have lost the Aaron Fox eventually, you know. Only him and Buddy Heald and Marvin Bagley, who's, you know, not there anymore, weren't getting the job done whatsoever. There's a lot of disappointment, and nobody really kind of is watching over there unless you're winning in Sacramento. So this is a move that they had to make. Tyrese Halliburton is one of the more underrated players in this league. I love that pickup, and Sabonis is pretty slept on as a, as, a, as a big man. And the Pacers, I just don't know what they've been doing. Great move for the Kings, though.
2: <laughs> good point.
1: Uh, I, I like this trait for the Kings. Like, the thing with Holly Burton, I'm, I'm a big Holly Burton guy. I, I think he's a really good player. But, like, how many times have the Kings have had these good young players, like like Tyreek Evans, for example, you know, who have good flashes, and then his growth stagnates. It could have been the same thing. Like, for the most part it's still the same ownership it's still the same ownership group it's still the same management group uh maybe minus vladi divak still there um uh, <laughs> but besides then like i i i understand it's weird because like the kings are like you know still they don't know what they are kind of but you know Sabonis, we know what he is he's a he's a bona fide all-star
2: that's interesting. I did not think all you guys would would side with the Kings on this one. You know, I, I'm just thinking about the timeline, and I think what Faras's counter argument was made sense. Right? They're just trying to provide some sort of relevance right now. They're the third team, the third step brother in law, in, in California, and they're just trying to, you know, put themselves on fourth. the fourth. Fourth. Oh yeah, Clipper, they're the fourth. I Clippers, forgot about Warriors, State. Lakers. Yeah. Like, yeah,
0: <laughs> it's but, slow for them. You know, <laughs>
2: Halliburton is the younger better player like if you're thinking about the timeline right the earliest we could see the Kings being good is in four to five years at that point there's no question I think everyone here would agree that Halliburton is going to be a way better player than DeMontis Sabonis like this guy is putting up 18 and 7 assists at this young of an age at 21 years old like I mean when you start to project you're thinking like this guy could be an all-star a multiple time all-star where Sabonis is going to make two at best but I don't know hey uh maybe I'm just looking at it not as a Sacramento King native, you know, when I've been disrespected my whole life and my best hope is a play-in. So, I don't know. We'll see.
0: Definitely some valid points. Definitely some valid points. But, uh, you know, with that being said, that's part of the trade deadline. Sometimes, you know, there's some moves where, like, all right, that makes sense. And other ones will have some people scratching their head. You know what I mean? But uh, with that being said, one of probably the second biggest trade, you know what I mean, of the whole trade deadline was the move the Portland Trailblazers made with CJ McCollum.
2: Man, we got to take a second, a moment of silence to say rest in peace to the dynamic duo, the brotherly love backer that was Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum, you know, rest in peace. May y'all live on forever in Portland history. Okay. But I think this is a fair trade, guys. I, I like Nikhil Alexander-Walker. Has a lot of upside versus out defender, streaky scorer. Um, and the, the full package, I'll just read it off real quick. CJ McCollum, McCallum, Larry Nance, Tony Snell, for Josh Hart, Nikhil Alexander Walker, for us this guy, Sadoransky, and a first round pick. Also two seconds in there, but not to be named.
0: Not to be named. Hey, so really uh, cool. yeah, those Sadoransky. are my thoughts. Go ahead, go ahead. Sadoransky was only my guy because he was on the Bulls and we were ass. But now that the Bulls are good, who the hell is Sadoransky, bro? He's trapped.
2: Sadoransky bro. is like a symbol of the old Bulls. You know, that's who I think of that represents your squad.
0: <laughs>
1: not Zach
2: Levine. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: was just about to say it's not Zach Levine. <laughs> nah,
1: nah, not at all. Well, well, Sadoransky, close. Wizards legend, man.
2: Oh, yeah, that's right. Wizards legend. He had some good well, days back there, <laughs> <laughs> back there in Washington.
0: That's actually facts. No, Kizzy. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, man. See, uh, so, you want to finish that thought though, or or you, you finished up?
2: Yeah, so I said I, I like it. It's fair trade to meet Nikhil, uh, great guy. Josh Hart has, can be a good guy on a good team, not saying that they will be. Um, and CJ McCollum, if we're thinking about New Orleans, perfect guy that you'd want to put next to Brandon Ingram and a healthy Zion, right? Zion's coming at you 90 miles per hour with 130,000 pounds of force. Uh, Brandon Ingram is like the long, slender man trying to finesse his way. Uh, and, and then CJ just got that sophisticated old man game, step backs and sidesteps. So I think it works together. Very well. love to see you in action.
0: I'm with you. I'm with you. Peter, thoughts?
2: Yeah, I think like a lot of people that are in Portland right
3: now, it's just what – I don't know what they're doing because Dame is the most loyal player I think I've seen in NBA history. He'll never request a trade. To I the don't fault. understand it personally. Yeah, it's, it's really to a fault because we like to, you know, give these guys props. We want to stay with the organization the organization's done nothing for him they've done nothing but move players away from him and not give him the support and the big man roles that he needs he has no depth finishes it's, it's dame and a bunch of you know bench players to be honest at this point the cj mccollum experiment really didn't work out i get that even experiment they're there for a while together but that didn't work out i get it and they were they were just never buying some of these stars that have been on the market over the past couple years and it really just doesn't make sense and they got the trade deadline even going and getting a Ben Simmons something, because if I'm Dame, you gotta walk away at this point, because the organization's doing nothing but losing at this point.
1: So you guys brought up uh, Ty. You brought up uh, you know the the Blazers getting a uh, Nikhil Alexander Walker. Well, he was flipped in a deal to get Joe Ingles mm-hmm. and Thomas Sadaransky Ah, also in a deal. So they got none of those guys. Okay. <laughs> technically, they got Joe Ingles. Not great. <laughs> the trade's even worse.
3: <laughs> so, yeah, it, it doesn't make sense, Dan, because it's like, oh, you can see in the beginning. It's like maybe they're getting those guys that could develop into something, put them in the starting roster. But now it's like a guy like Joe Ingles is almost for a team that's in win now mode. He can bring you a couple shots off the side. But Joe Ingles and Dane being your dynamic duo is not doing anything for you.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. It's almost a little bit laughable. I'm going to tell you what, man. The Trailblazers has been notoriously known for being one of the cheapest organizations in the league. Year after year, time after time, you know, they have opportunities to improve their team through free agency, through the trade deadline, what have you. And they just cannot make the moves. The Trailblazers are known as a team that can draft very, very well. I mean, shoot, if you look at Greg Oden alone and uh, what's his name, Roy, Brandon Roy. And Mm -hmm. then you have LaMarcus Aldridge, and then you got Damian Lillard. I mean, these guys know how to draft. Unfortunately, with the first two, injuries ruined their careers. But the point that I'm trying to make is this Portland Trailblazers team, the management knows how to draft players. But once they've done that, they cannot get a team together. I thought coming from the days where you had LaMarcus Aldridge and Damian Lillard and you had that boom squad that you did of the early 2010s, you know, and to go then to a CJ McCollum-Damian Lillard dynamic duo – That's not going to cut it, and it wasn't going to cut it. I like C.J. McCollum, but he was never that guy to me. He's an all-star, no doubt about it, but he's not a superstar on the caliber of Damian Lillard's level. Mm -hmm. He showed showed pieces of it, you know what I mean? What he did was hard for a lot of people to do in the league, you know what I mean? But at the same time, I think that it was – if they're going to do something with this team, it's better to do it now. They gave – The first five years of Damian Lillard's career for that first team, they blew it up. It didn't work. Now they tried it the next five, six years with the second set of players. They blew that up as well. Um, We had talked about Damian Lillard being loyal, but this is his last season in Portland. Mm -hmm. Um, I think maybe by the latest, midway through next season, he's gone. He's out of here. But Damian Lillard has wasted enough of his prime in in Portland to not get players, to not get help for all of these injuries that have been occurring around him. Been snubbed from the All-Star game so many times because of where Mm -hmm. he plays, you know. So maybe I think it's time for Damian Lillard to go. I think the Trailblazers management know that they're not keeping him any longer, especially with the idea of him potentially going to the Lakers earlier this season. You know what I mean? A lot of things happen. You can't forget about that. So with all that being said, Trailblazers, man, just giving players away at this point. I think they're blowing up. I think they're in rebuilding mode, and I do not see Damian Lillard staying there any longer. It It
2: smells desperate definitely smells desperate out there in portland it seems like the last ditch effort right they shed all the salary and i i'd only hope are anticipated to try to go in all in on a free agency but uh i still don't think people are coming to portland so um if they don't get that guy that they're hoping out and holding out for dame is throwing them deuces up at portland I think it's just
3: in the best interest interest of the franchise and Dame at this point. Dame only has so many good years left. He needs to go somewhere to win at this point. And then with the organization itself, the Trailblazers, you know, Dame doesn't fit in your rebuild at this point. You need to blow up the whole thing, get some picks, get some young stars, and almost do an OKC style rebuild. Because what they're doing right now is just kind of like hovering between the play-in and, you know, poor, you know being a lower-seeded team. It's just, you're kind of just hanging on to mediocrity at that point.
2: That's facts, unfortunately. Sad to say. Sad to say. All right, this is the last topic for you guys. Because uh, I, I don't know if you guys saw that there was actually a secret move made by the New York Knicks. They caught a lot of crap for, uh, for not making a move. But there was a secret move that the New York Knicks made. It looks like the New York Knicks got last year's Julius Randle back. Yes, y'all heard me right. Since February, Julius Randle's averaging 27 points per game. I know y'all didn't think y'all see it ever again, but we traded that trash bag in Julius Randle's jersey for Julius Randle of last year. Yes, that's correct.
0: Yeah, Yeah, man. I mean, I'm not going to lie. What has it been, five games in February so far? Don't count. (laughs) <laughs> let's not get too carried away just yet. But I'm with you. Julius Randle has finally been coming out of his shell. He made his first all-star game last year. Was looking really like the franchise guy. First round exit. Trey Young stole his swagger. Trey Young took his, took his confidence. But you know what my boy said? I got my swagger back. So let's see what happens, man. The Knicks should be in a way better place than where they are. You know what I mean? Living in the New Jersey area for so long. I got love for the Knicks. But It's in there. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see what happens.
3: (laughs) I mean, I guess you could say I'm a uh, better Nets fan, but I've never been that high in Julius Randle. I mean, I feel like the majority of the league saw him being, you know, having a standout fluke year. Mm. There's no way Julius Randle (laughs) could be your number one. Expect to go too deep in the postseason. Don't get me wrong. If he's your 2-3, he's great, you know, if you distribute him the ball and, you know, dish it off to the side. But he, you know, when he's your number one, he's not creating the most shots. He doesn't have the deepest bag. But don't get me wrong. He's a real solid player, but it's not going to work for the Knicks if he's your, you know, marquee player. A move for Damian Lillard is probably their best interest.
1: Yeah, like, yeah, like pretty much everything what Pete said, like, I felt like he was riding on just a lot of just, I guess, just confidence and I guess. I guess it was just like that year. It was like, okay, now this is the year they all works together. I guess it was just also like the magic of, I guess probably just fans coming back in 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 the garden and kind of everything just kind of working out perfectly for him last year. And yeah, I probably just felt a lot of pressure. He, he I guess he spent a little too much time. I guess he kind of understood that the whole New York concept of uh, you know all the pressure in the world, and obviously he. Talked a lot of crap back to uh, to the fans, showing a lot of frustration. I don't know. Maybe he's uh finally figuring it out. But you know, like I said, it's only five. Like you guys said, it's a five game sample. Don't want to overblow everything. But you know, it's the New York style, baby.
0: <laughs>
1: hey,
2: I had to uh, get them in at some point, uh, somehow. So um, mm. at yes. least I got Cam Reddish. I guess and, uh, there you yeah, go. He, and he actually, I, go. he actually played a little bit. <laughs> he actually played a little bit. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you. Big shouts to Peter and Evan for joining the
0: podcast.
1: Thank you so much. You guys are amazing. Glad to be here yeah we gotta return the favor gotta return the favor for sure
0: hell yeah man we'll definitely get on there asap man you guys just let us know when you're free you know what i mean and then just reiterating what tyler's got to say man thank you so much for being on the podcast man we really appreciate it you guys just take man it's always good to get some fresh faces not only on the pod but in the industry man so wishing Mm -hmm. you guys the best of luck in the future you know what i mean and uh sky's the limit
2: everyone go, make sure you guys go check out their podcast check out their social media why don't you guys drop your social for them
1: real quick yeah toast it's just in toast in
2: the morning all lowercase straight across
3: uh yeah, come check us we also have a website that we wa- launched recently at toastinthemorning.com you know we put out a lot of content and try and do our best uh appreciate everybody and thank you guys you know the absolute most for having us here
0: absolutely all right guys Nah, before we do that, my boy Evan, you want to say anything? Because we, we
1: got to look out for you too, you know what I mean? So. <laughs> uh, no, look, 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 here's the thing, you know. Pete's a good guy, you know, he, uh, you know. let see where this is going. Look, look, look I, I might be toast, but, you know, Pete is, you know, the head honcho here at Toast in the Morning Enterprises. So, you know, he he, he likes to run the things down. He likes to open the podcast. You know, I'm just, I'm just, uh, you know. I just look good for the cameras. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, He's I'm the, the, the eye candy. The <laughs> I'm, I'm the eye candy. All right.
0: <laughs> there you go, man. There you go. And uh, with that being said, man, shouts out to Toast in the morning. Shouts out to Evan Peter. Shouts out to Stir Fry Thai, man. And shouts out to you guys, supporters of the plug, man. Much love and respect like always. Don't forget to follow us at on IG at hoop underscore plug underscore Facebook is Hooplug, YouTube is HoopFlug, everywhere you go is Hoop Plug, baby, put some flavor in here.